I need for the uh, comic book news to tell the comic book news in comic book fashion. I need it to be storyboarded. You need Ron Burgundy to tell you the comic book news. I do. That would be awesome. That would be that would be pretty cool. <laughs> for how, how can this possibly be the Scarlet Spider when he's not wearing the sleeveless sweatshirt over the top Everybody, of his costume? Yeah. That's my rant. I'm saving it for the mics. Oh, okay. Whoa, whoa. Didn't mean to step on your feet there, Wayne. Oh, fuck, Aaron. <laughs> I didn't know we were scripted. I I thought I could just say anything. Shit. See, we're the, we're the brilliant comicologists. You see? Oh, fuck. <laughs> you don't want me to start this on air. We ready to do this? Swear words. <laughs> swear words and possible, uh, you know, aggravated assault. Like, I think maybe I do want else. you to start this on air. No. I, I mean, if that's who we are, we need to pick every other comic podcast and talk about their douchebaggery. Exactly. Um, yeah, but that would mean I'd have to listen to get contact. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they do. And then we'd have to pod fade. God. Uh, <laughs> and release something to our feed every six months. That we recorded with somebody else just uh-huh. so we could keep getting press passes. Or that somebody recorded on your behalf. That's yeah. my favorite. And edited. Yeah. Just so we could stay on all the lists and keep getting press passes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I want this on the Dropbox so I can play it at like 3 o'clock before I go to gaming so I can start killing some bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bam, you're dead. Blah, I shake the table. <laughs> Look at that! Boom! I'm gonna go ahead and set up a new Twitter account for uh, for Tim called BG Tim. Do <laughs> <laughs> not do that. <laughs> oh, it's funny because I don't get it. <laughs> Tim and Wayne. I'm Aaron. I'm Polly. This is Wayne. And this is Space Ghost. I don't recall introducing Space Ghost. Woo! <laughs> now he's Ric Flair. Wow. It might be Tim. <laughs> Tim has worked up today. Ugh. Well, I wasn't until now. I just woke up and Aaron. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to my buddies. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about comic books. And I'm excited because it's 8.30 in the morning. Jeez, a loo. <laughs> and this was a really good week in comics for me, so I'm excited, too. I tell you what, I started the week down in the uh, southern tip of Texas and worked my way to the uh, northwest corner of Texas. Oh, just like killer bees. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. And in case you didn't know it, Texas is big. It's a the word on the street. Yeah, yeah. I have read so many comics this week, even besides the regular stuff. I had uh, I borrowed one of the essentials from a friend of mine, and I read through Spider-Man Essentials number two, which is like 
I don't know, 20, 30 comics within that. Mm-hmm. And I read through another 20 of the Ultimate Spider-Man. And I Now, just, when you like, talk about the essentials, you're talking about those those big Marvel trade paperbacks yep. that are black and white. And yeah, so it was Amazing Spider-Man number 21 through like 40-something. Yeah. That's well, a lot of I, comics. I, I read through Tolstoy's War and Peace and, and saw how you like that. Twice. Twice. <laughs> I read War and Peace. <laughs> no, you watched you watched a piece, Paul, which is a, a porno. He yeah. nice read War and Peace and the sequel War Again. I think Aaron read a menu somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. And along those lines, Uh-oh. I have a horrible confession to make. Uh, do we have to edit the Wayne's awkward confession drop? <laughs> you know, it's not an awkward confession. It's a horrible confession. Because <laughs> oh, that's better. Really edited. Okay. Because what I have done is I have sinned against you. I, Me? Uh, yeah, all of you. You know, uh, my, 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 my podcast co-hosts, our gentle listeners, people who don't even know us, I've sinned against all of you. You run another podcast, weren't you, you whore son of a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> No, no, I was, you know, I, as I said before, you know, I was, I was on the road a lot this week, and sometimes when a man is on the road and he's in a strange town and sleeping in a, in, in you know, one hotel room after another, you know, he takes comfort where possibly he shouldn't be taking comfort. He, uh, he, he, he seeks out companionship, if you will, um, that perhaps is companionship he he shouldn't be seeking. Oh, Aaron, you didn't. I I I I have sinned against you. I uh, I was out in a strange town and uh, was visiting a bookstore, and in that bookstore they had a sale on the hardback copy of Grant Morrison's Batman and Son. I purchased this book. I read this book. Yes, yes. <laughs> Friends, I <clears throat> I enjoyed this book. Oh, what have you Jesus. done to Aaron? This is your fault. I blame you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Wayne, call, call the preacher. I'm going to hold him down. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I, I I I did it. I read it. I would read it again. Oh dear. <laughs> Wait, which one was this one? Was this the one with a- Andy Kubert art, the one that introduced yes. Damian Wayne? Correct. Ah, okay. Yeah, that was a good storyline with the uh, the man bat ninjas. Yep. yep. The man, man bat ninja. What? <laughs> Next thing you know, <laughs> you're going to pick up trades of new X Men. <laughs> Let's not go that far. Yeah, that, that's that's cross the line. <laughs> oh yeah, Grant oh. Morrison is fine, but heaven forbid you write X Men book. <laughs> Well, then I'd be just like Jonathan Landreth, and you know I just can't do that. So, well, no, because you don't like dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Never said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, maybe then. <laughs> so anyway, that's my horrible confession. I, 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 you know, am seeking absolution. I'm so wow. proud. <laughs> you're, you're, you're it's, Grant Morrison is spreading like an infestation on this podcast. He really is. And speaking of infestations and Wayne, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so infestation number two got announced this week. Now infestation is the IDW crossover. Oh, that, uh, wait a minute. I, I think I remember that infestation crossover. That was the one where they 
They have the the multiple licensed titles like Star Trek and Transformers and G.I. Joe, and they all kind of share the same zombie apocalypse storyline. Is that the one you're talking about, Paul? That is exactly the one I'm talking about. Wait, 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 wasn't that the one that was so crappy we dropped it? Yes, it was so crappy we dropped it after the preview issue. It was like reading cancer, if I recall. <laughs> it, it, it was like getting cancer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, so continue, Paul. <laughs> but Infestation Number 2 is coming out with a different writing team, different team entirely. It's written by Dwayne Swarzynski. Who I actually like Dwayne Straczynski. And uh, Infestation number two features G.I. Joe, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Transformers, 30 Days of Night. And, and you Dun- know what else it's got? 100% more tentacles. Exactly. All cr- And it deals with Lovecraftian monsters. Cthulhu versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Paul. I am what, what, on. What was, what was the last book you were about to say? Because I, I think I'm about to lose my shit. Dungeons and Dragons. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, keep in mind, it doesn't cross over into the actual titles. There are separate one-shots or miniseries. So oh, thank God. I can ignore that. All right, sweet. I won't be touching this with Paul's wallet. Ugh. Oh, man. Teenage Mutant Turtles versus Cthulhu, sign me up. I am on board. I am not going anywhere near That would require the first acquisition to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. As long as it's not written by Alan Moore and I don't have to see Cthulhu penis anywhere in this book, I will pick up the first issue. I am enjoying the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles title, and I won't be touching this, like I said, with Paul's wallet. I don't know. I'm actually intrigued. I'm, I am surprised you gentlemen are not intrigued in the slightest. Do you remember the first infestation? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't... I don't if, have to get cancer again to know that I don't want it. Well, you still have one nut left. <laughs> you, you are the, you are the kid that got lured away by the creepy guy in the ice cream truck, and then your face went on a milk carton for months, Paul. Exactly. Are, and, the guy who and got, then I got out, and I wanted more ice cream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. That's you know, you, I, I didn't much care for all the buggery, but the ice cream was good. <laughs> No, I, I hate their trade, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I hated the original Infestation, but this is an entirely new team. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give the first issue a shot. Sure. Hopefully, it doesn't, you know, rate my eyes. Now I know why you had Paul on the on the podcast, Aaron. He's the resident chump. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone's got to take the role after Andrew left. This That's is right. true. This is true. You're not as nice a chump, but you're still a chump. Nope. I mean, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I just bring Paul. Defense rests, Your Honor. <laughs> uh, no, I, I am. I guess I'm reading that one alone. I will report back with my findings whenever the book comes out. I don't think it comes out to like December or something. Well, so. We need another infestation, like we need another free comic book day. What? But we love free comic book day. Wait, that's right. And we're getting another free comic book day. We are. Starting in 2012, Diamond will be doing a second free comic book day every year. Well, at least next year. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) Uh, So in 2012, we're going to get a Halloween free comic book day with, you know, because I don't know if you guys knew this, but comic shops can order free comics to hand out to trick-or-treaters and stuff. 
things like you know, and they're reprint material. Things like a Peanuts Christmas or a Peanuts Halloween, and you know, like Smurfs Halloween stuff like that. Neonomicon, um, <laughs> Neonomicon, written by Alan Moore, uh, Batman and Son. No, I'm just kidding. But this, you know, this coming year, it sounds like they're going to get other companies to contribute original material, not just reprint material. Much like you know, Free Comic Book Day in May. Right. Yeah, and I think that's a great idea. The uh, I, I often think about giving comic books away at Halloween, with the exception of, you know, you'd have to you'd have to ensure that it was an all age friendly book, you know. And so, if you box. gave away all the comics you didn't like, what would you have for Free Funny Book Day? <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm excited. And, yeah, you know, I, I love. Halloween. I think it's a good idea. I, I would love to give away comics on on Halloween. You know, mm-hmm. that weren't $3 a pop. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I, I think it's, you know, free comic book day is really a good time every uh-huh. year if you have a decent comic book shop. Yeah. And, you know, so this is just another opportunity to bring people into the comic stores. and. No, you know, absolutely. It, it's it's a – I think the the more opportunity we have to get comics out in front of people, the, the better it is for the uh, for the hobby. Now, I will have to say, I wish they had thought of this earlier to do it this year, riding on the coattails of the new 52. Yeah, that would have been, you know, and, you know, along those lines, you know, I went to the uh, State Fair of Texas uh, a week or so ago. And, you know, they've got the exhibit halls and you've got all the different, you know, companies out there demoing stuff. And I was like, man, this would have been a great opportunity for the new 52. You know, having somebody out there at the, the, the State Fair just handing out preview books or whatever uh, giving people an opportunity to actually buy comics at the state fair because you know there's so many kids there. Yeah, you know, and I, I just don't think comic companies know how to market to non-comic book people. Yeah, you know, you, you throw up an ad in the movie theater or on TV during Doctor Who or whatever. That's you're already preaching to the choir on those. Right. But you know, you go to like a state fair or you know you have like a tour of Barnes and Noble stores or something like that. You know, you could bring in new readers. I mean, not that most of these books are all ages friendly. We had that discussion last week, but still. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think there's, I think there's some some additional opportunities to uh, expand the audience. Well, and you know, speaking of all ages titles and reboots, DC in like for the last twenty years, roughly, I think, has had ownership um, or I guess rights to produce comics based on the old Red Circle characters. Uh, folks like the Shield and the Fly, um, they and they tried it in the early '90s, and then they tried it again recently. Uh, started by J. Michael Straczynski, and neither time was it overly successful. Now those title, now those characters who were originally owned by Archie, are actually going back to Archie, and uh, you know they are planning on publishing new titles. Based on those characters, based on the Red Circle characters, um, specifically the New Crusaders, which is kind of like the Justice League of all of them. Uh, like I said, starting next year, and the big thing about it is that it is going to be 100% digital. They are not going to have a print version of these comic books. Well, and they're adopting a model that I am very much in favor of where you pay a monthly fee and you get full access to their archive. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I... I I really wish, uh, you know, Marvel's got their digital vault, but it's not cross-platform. You know, it requires Flash. So while you can yes. look at it on your PC, you can't look at it on your iPad. I, I, I think that's a, a marvelous idea. And I uh, love the subscription idea. It'd be like the Netflix of comics. That's exactly it. Yeah. 
And it sounds like that's the avenue they're trying to do, you know, some type of Netflix subscription service. And, you know, I'm, my I mean, there are, there are plenty of old – I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know you go ahead, Paul. I was going to say, and there's plenty of old material. They haven't announced what the old material is. Right now they're just kind of focusing on the new stuff. But I'm sure that they'll have rights to to produce – you know, to distribute other stuff through the my, service. My concern is I'm not sure there's much there in their vault that I'm interested in. Well, you know, Archie publishes Mega Man and Sonic, Aaron. Don't you want to get caught up on all 180 issues of Sonic the Hedgehog? You know, my immediate reaction is that it's Archie Comics. Why would I care about the backlog? But I keep reading these articles that sound interesting about the adult Archie stories they're telling now. Like he he gets married at one point. They're insinuating that there might be he might be cheating on his wife. That everyone's sure he's not, but they're insinuating it. And I have to admit, I'm kind of curious about those <laughs> which would be my horrible confession for the week but i haven't bought any of them or read any of them i just these articles keep coming out and it's like these are a different kind of story that i think might be interesting oh wayne so wayne betty or veronica both <laughs> at the same time <laughs> <laughs> and jughead <laughs> no no jughead well too far too far. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm, I, I don't know if you guys have seen the preview, and we're going to put a link to this in the show notes um, oh, on ideologyofmadness.com. Oh, Aaron's going to put a link to the show notes, uh-huh, and if yeah. he doesn't, I will. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to lock that article. <laughs> but they they, uh, they compare it. They say the feel is going to be very much like, like the Incredibles. They're going for an all-ages superhero feel, and the art reflects that. I'm I'm curious. I mean, th- these characters are characters who were created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, or at least the fly was. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know if, I, 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 especially since it's going to be entirely digital, I hope the price point is right. It sounds like they're going to price it like a regular comic book, which, I mean, as long as they don't go, extra, as long as they don't make it more than a regular comic book, I think I'm okay with it. You know, if I had kids, I'd be excited about this, but I don't have kids, so I'm not interested. See, but I, see, it's all ages doesn't mean kids to me. I love The Incredibles. No, I, but I, Archie I Comics people. generally means kids to me. Eh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't read Sonic. I, would, I would agree with that. But I mean, you know, it's not to say that they couldn't put out something that was that was decent in the other realms. It's just that they haven't done so. And I got to be honest, if they're going for the kid market with digital comics, it's not going to do well. I, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a, a you know a, a seven year old walking around with an iPad. Well, but you know, with the new uh, Amazon Kindle Fire, you may see that because the price point's dropping so low. Oh, speaking of which, I don't know if you we talked about last week how Barnes and Noble took those hundred books off the shelf. Yes, um, that DC is doing exclusively through Kindle Fire. Right. Yeah, book, Books a Million is doing the same thing. They're taking the books off the shelf. They're taking the books off the shelf. Oh, that's guys. Are those crazy. are their most popular books. It's stupid. It is. It is stupid, especially since Books a Million. You know, Barnes and Noble had a vested interest. Barnes and Noble has a Nook color. Books a Million doesn't have an e-reader. Yeah, they're just being stupid. Yep. Yeah, and they could have got the physical sales that Barnes and Noble wasn't going to get anymore. Exactly. Oh well, go yeah. Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I, I think they're. I think they're crazy for doing that. You know, no, the, I, the the last thing you want to do as a bookstore is limit your selection. And, and, and I know it's not censorship, but it just seems 
pointless. You know, it's why why would you do that? You're you're just shooting yourself in the foot. Yep. And I'm sure it's a gut reaction, and at some point they'll change it around. But still, until then, yeah, I think it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake. I, you know, I, I, I am not inclined to shop at a place that's limiting my options. Agreed. And speaking of mistakes, last week, Aaron made all of us, except for me, <laughs> read The Rinse, number one, from Boom Studios as our assigned homework. And, uh, you know, I slacked off because I had company in town this week, and I was really able to And that's the mistake we're talking about. You're slacking off. Yeah, Paul. Because this book was incredible. I read well, the second issue of it too because it was so good. Yeah, but that's Wayne. How about the rest <laughs> of you guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm actually excited to hear that that you enjoyed it so much, Wayne. Tell me what you liked about the Rinse Number One. Honestly, I think this may have been my book of the week. It is a completely different kind of comic story than I've ever read. You know, it's a story about a guy that launders money. I mean, that's it's not a big superhero action. It's not any of the mysteries that you're, I'm used to getting. It's just a guy who's really good at his job dealing with the criminal underworld, being hunted by crime lords and IRS and other people that he's managed to piss off while dealing with an incredibly stupid client. I mean, the dialogue is great. The art is good. The you know the evolving story is very good to the point that after I read that first issue, I immediately had to read the second one. Did you like the second issue as well? Yes, yeah, second issue I thought got even better. Excellent. So, uh, Tim, what'd you think? Um, I I kind of liked this originally when I watched it on USA Network, and it's called Burn Notice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have um, never watched. Uh, oh, put that on your put that on your queue, Wayne. But uh, I, uh, I I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was interesting. I'm not sure. I like the story. I'm not sure I need to read it in a comic book. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think it might be a better like you know like I said it, it's a better action thing or maybe a better a novel. I don't Wait. know. I don't know why they went the the comic book genre, and I'm not sure it's going to do them any favors. Well, you know I. Uh... I hadn't read anything about the rents before I read it. You know, it was a it was the dollar comic, and I was like, "Man, okay, you know, for a dollar, I'll try it out." And uh, you know, as I as, as I keep turning pages, I kept waiting for you know the devil to appear or you know some kind of horrific thing, uh, you know, something supernatural to occur. And you know, it's it's a it's a life on the wrong side of crime story. Um, that I really enjoyed. It was refreshing. I mean, once I got it out of my head that, you know, the boogeyman wasn't going to come jumping out of the closet uh, and that this was a guy who, who, you know, like Wayne says, launders money for a living and that, you know, the wrong people approach you when you're in that line of work to have you assist them move money. Uh, I, I, I really dug it. I think it's, a, I think it's yeah. an interesting book. And, you know, it's nice to see, you know, while we all lean really heavily towards superhero uh, comics – it's nice to see a different genre appear there. Yeah, and it's one of those books where normally you would think, oh, money laundering is going to be a lot of paperwork and things like that. That's just going to be boring. It's a very action-packed book for being not involving any kind of superpowers or anything supernatural or anything at all that doesn't happen in the real world. Yeah. 
somebody picked a winner on uh, this week's assigned reading. Yeah, I'm on board to keep reading the title as <laughs> as it comes out. I'm I really am enjoying this, and mostly because it's something different. So Paul, I've ne- never read a comic like this. So Paul, yes, your loss. Well, I will read it eventually. Well, it sounds like it's a, a good. You're not going to get trade. any credit at all for turning in late work. That's all I'm saying. Whatever. Yeah. Hmm. So who's up to assign for next week's assigned reading? Uh, it's Wayne's turn. Is it, is it Wayner's turn? Yeah. Wayne, what do you have in mind? I actually have nothing. I I was trying to find something good for next week and <laughs> could not find a single thing that I would recommend for us to read. What Out of what Academy. we have available. Sure, Wayne, I could do that. <laughs> you can't assign Avengers Academy. Don't um, be silly. I mean, the only things I thought of to assign, Tim, I think, would drive to Missouri and kill me for. <laughs> like, <laughs> Grandpa won't make anyway. it. Like, Grandpa won't wake up. I, I thought about that. What? That's not a thing. Why do you guys <laughs> keep making shit up? Are you going to sign the Teen Wolf comic book out? Wasn't There's that already a sign? Teen Wolf? What? <laughs> no, what? I hope not. That is a comic. I did read that. Hey, I got an idea. Uh, Why yes. don't we do uh, Elric? Okay. The Balance Lost from yeah. Boom Studios. Yeah. Now, do you want right. to do the current issue, issue number four? Or do you want to go back to issue number one? Issue one. Okay. It's, yeah. Because we'll I don't know if issue four is the middle of a storyline or the beginning of a new yeah, one. Yeah, nor, nor do I. So, okay. Hey, let's though. do Dracula Company of Monsters again. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, speaking of boom books, uh, and I, I know we don't have it in the show notes here, but, you know, Wayne sent out a note earlier in the week pointing it all out that finally it's going to occur. The incorruptible, irredeemable crossover event where those two, uh, those, uh, two guys – Adversaries, you know, from before uh, uh, before the fall, before, before the Plutonians' uh, big switchover, uh, max damage, Plutonian, going at it again for the first time. I've been looking forward to this since in- Incorruptible Number One, and it's been building up to this all this time. And the uh, the last issue of Incorruptible had, you know, had Plutonian show up at the end to kind of tease what was getting ready to come up next. And I am, I'm excited about it. I, I like both books. I love incorruptible. And this is the crossover that the entire, both series has really been building towards. Absolutely. I'm excited. When's it coming? Is it January? Is that what I recall? Uh, should be next month is the first issue. Oh, is it that, that soon? Wow. Very good. Can't wait. Very exciting. You Almost know what else we can't, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know whose transition was going to be better. Dueling transitions. Dual. <laughs> it is amazing how you guys can't get on the same page to transition. It's like there are podcasters all over the place that can't transition. It's if you had Ryan. spider, yeah, if you had <laughs> spider powers, you'd be able to transition better to Amazing Spider-Man. Oh my God, Wayne just stole our transition. What, what the asshole. hell happened? <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man number 671 came out this week. Part 5. Um, the penultimate chapter, if you will, of Spider-Island. With a, a pretty smoking hot cover. 
that doesn't actually yes. happen in the no! book. No! You look at that cover, Paul. Look at her eyes. I'm looking. She looks like the Toxic Avenger. I, I'm sorry, my <laughs> eyes are not focused on her eyes. Yeah, I, mean, I, keep, eyes. Trying to, I, I keep trying to get there, but I keep getting stuck lower. I, they I they won't agree. go up. They won't move. I, yeah, well, I would agree it was nice, and then I noticed the fact that her eyes are just slightly... <laughs> That's your fault for looking at her eyes. Well, I think maybe she's tilting her head is what it no! is. I don't think that... <laughs> One's even bigger than the other. I'm... <laughs> I was so disappointed because it's supposed to be such a hot cover and she's looking like chud. I'm like, oh! <laughs> you totally just ruined this cover for me. Well, good. Uh, good. I just ruined every time I look at it, I think Tim doesn't like this cover. Look, what? No, you should be like, she needs to, she needs to get some serious plastic surgery. <laughs> Well, and what's funny is, you know, she's got these monstrous boobs on the cover. Yeah, not in the issue. Yeah, no. In fact, she's rather flat-chested in the issue. She doesn't have boobs in the issue. That's because the art on her, on every single panel she is in, is horrible. Yeah, it is. In fact, the uh, on the, the first page of the story, you know, it's got the heading Alphabet City. And she's doing some kind of move. And it took me forever to figure out what the hell this was. Yeah, because she she's they've got this blurred motion thing going on, and apparently she is kicking somebody, and it's her foot is foreshortened. And man, I'm just like, yeah. what is wrong with the lower half of her body? You know, it is a, it is an <laughs> awful angle, and it is terribly drawn. I mean, I, I I you know as much as I enjoy Umberto Ramos, um, I, you can tell he's really rushed his pencils on this book. You know, you always talk about how much you enjoy him, but the last few issues, you've been on board with the uh, the complaints about the art. And he's... that's because he's rushing so much on this book. That's uh, that's all it is. If he had the normal amount of time, uh, I think I'd really enjoy the art. But there's that scene with the, the queen, you know, where she pulls her hood back and, you know, she's she's really upset and whatnot. I mean, it's just a terrible, terrible image. He's just he's just going way too fast. Yeah. Yeah, well, so some big things happen in this issue. Oh yeah, in Amazing Spider-Man number six seventy-one. Not only is Kane cured from being the Tarantula, which you know, I got to be honest, if Kane was cured from being the Tarantula, he should technically be dead, since that's yeah. what happened to him in the Great Hunt storyline. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but okay, her. you know, whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um, Anti Venom is no more because the Anti Venom has they have dripped every essence of Anti Venom from Eddie Brock to create the cure for the Spider Island, you know, disease or whatever. And like I said, Kane has been cured. And not only that, am I the only one who found the death of the Jackal to be something that was just, like, totally fast? As many <laughs> Jackal clones as they are, I don't yeah. think he's dead. Exactly. He's still around. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's probably a good point. Maybe that's why it wasn't. I mean, because it was just like, this is a pretty important death for it to be so callously handled. Yeah. No, well, I mean, they There's also so revealed who scientist number six was, that, Michael Morbius. Oh, yeah. I did not see that coming. That's the one I had the problem with. Okay, tell us about uh-uh. that. Well, because I don't think you needed to reveal that yet. Mm. I, I, I thought, like, leaving the dialogue and then, you know, just the way it was and not having him revealed yet, you know, with the whole you can give up being a monster but not everyone can be so lucky, if yeah. he'd have just left like that, I you know... I think there was enough going on here. They didn't need to. They didn't need to make that reveal yet. 
I, 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 I am surprised it was revealed in this issue. I will give it that. I am very surprised that they already revealed it. Yeah. But I, I'm okay with who it is. Yeah, because of being so many big reveals or big things happening in one issue, I think it was a good issue to happen in just because they're just hitting us with stuff. I am so excited that the spider sense is back. That has been my bitch on this series ever since I jumped back on with Amazing Spider-Man is that the spider sense is key to who this character is for me. And his lack of it has just been annoying the hell out of me. So having it back, I'm excited. I got to disagree with you here because I'm like, why did you get rid of the spider sense? Just to come up with this cockamamie solution to give it back to him. Getting rid of it was a stupid thing to begin with, so give it back. Well, exactly. Like, if this was your plan all along, why did you bother? You know, why can't he just get it back somehow? You know, without, you know, oh, well, you know, all these towers all over the thing. Because, you know, then the big thing would be like, oh, well, you know, if a tower falls down, Spider-Man can't have, you know, Spider-Sense in the Bronx. But he can have it, you know. On Queen Street or something. Queen's Boulevard. You definitely got a different thing out of this than I did. They reignited it. It's back for good. When the towers are gone, he's still going to have his spider sense. And the purpose of him, yeah, the purpose of him losing the spider sense was for him to go train with Shang Chi. So now he has this super spider sense martial arts thing going on. Yeah, it's trying to make him look like a bigger badass. Yeah. Well, maybe I have to reread it because the uh, the way I understood it is that because they reversed the frequency of the of the towers, you know, it it, it gave him spider sense. I I, I kind of didn't realize. Maybe I I didn't get the impression that it was just back and when they shut off the towers, he'd still have it. Maybe yeah. I just need to reread it. Yeah, they were trying to fix him to return it. Well, we'll find out, Paul, because if their plan is to take down those those spider towers to stop the queen from being super saiyan then we would know that 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 should turn him off too now but as a comic book what did you guys think of it i mean i know we're talking about some of the beats of the story but you know what did you think of the actual comic book this was the best issue of spider island for me you know i had i had a lot of complaints about the art as usual but i loved seeing mary jane actually in action even though her dialogue got very corny I still enjoyed that. I loved all the beats that happened in this. The particularly Kane being cured. I predicted at that point that Kane is going to be the new Sky- Scarlet Spider before you sent a leak saying that there is going to be a new Scarlet Spider. I uh, I'd already made that prediction. That's who I think it's going to be. Um, I liked all of the the background characters. The having Firestar and Gravity defending one of these towers and Spider-Man showing up and just their interactions. This, yeah, this... You don't think they were a little rude to him? I thought they were a little rude to him. I didn't take that out of it I'm an Avenger before you. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she says. She says, by the way, just so you know, I was an Avenger before you. Fuck off. But was she wrong? (laughs) He's like, um, no, of course not. And, and then, and then, what's his name? Gravity's like, oh, by the way, I'm the protector of the universe. Who are you again? And he's like, all right, bye. Yeah, after he showed up and just basically made them all look like idiots a couple issues before, I am cool with them treating him like that. Yeah, but they I weren't guess. really mad about it a couple issues before. Well, you know, but they have been, you know, fighting their guts out. It's like the thing earlier, you know, been fighting straight for hours and hours. You know, people are kind of on their last nerve. 
So, I mean, I can see that. I, I will say I enjoyed this issue more than I have enjoyed the previous issues of Spider Island. Because um, I, I was talking about how I was kind of ready for Spider Island to be done, and it's because it, it felt like we got four issues of much of the same thing happening over and over and over again. Um, so that, I mean, this felt like a, st- a natural progression of the story. It seems like there's still a lot to resolve mm-hmm. for there to be only one issue, but you know, but look at all uh, those tie-ins I, you still have. Frick that! <sighs> I mean, you've still got you know, Cloak and Dagger number three, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu number three, Spider Girl number three, Venom number eight, and then you've got, uh, uh, and then there's an epilogue. Yeah. So you've got actually two issues of Amazing Spider-Man to go. So I want to touch on the uh, the link that I mentioned that Paul sent us. So Newsarama has an article showing a picture of what the new Scarlet Spider costume is going to look like. I was incredibly excited at the idea that you know now that Kane is cured and looks normal, that he could potentially become a new Scarlet Spider. But for me, Scarlet Spider is pretty tied to that costume. That hoodie was what made that costume look cool. This costume just looks like a Spider-Man costume in different colors. There's nothing about it that makes it stand out compared to the regular Spider-Man costume. And their little picture of the hoodie being burnt in this article, that that just pisses me off. Because yeah. Scarlet Spider is the guy with the hoodie. The he hoodie the was hoodie. cool. Yes, the hoodie was cool. The hoodie was what made that costume different and cool. So without the hoodie, I don't know that I care anymore. <laughs> wow. I'm sure Wait, that people would feel like a sleeveless hoodie was the product of the time. Just saying. You know, it, it was the 90s after all. Sleeveless hoodies were actually in fashion back then. It, I, I don't think the they are right now. It's and, the overall costume you know, the complete red plain costume under with that blue hoodie over it, that looked cool. I still think that looks cool. And that is the character to me. Wait, it's not the fact that he he's a crap ass clone that bothers you. It's the fact he doesn't have a hoodie. Yeah. Ben <laughs> Riley was a clone. Ben Riley was a cool clone. He was a clone that actually took the time to develop his you know, his web shooters to do more than Peter ever did. Impact webbing, that came from him. Stingers came from him. He had a lot of cool stuff he could do that Peter had just never taken the time to do. And I don't think we're going to get that with the new Scarlet Spider, and we're definitely not going to get the cool costume, because this just looks like a ripoff of Peter's costume. Anytime you use the word clone or LMD, I'm allergic to the comic book immediately. Like, ah, I throw it down. (laughs) Better watch out for Knights of Rainsboro issue 11 with the attack of the clones. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that name is copywritten. <laughs> so, Aaron, if a clone of Ricochet shows up, can he have the hoodie? Sure. Since absolutely. Scarlet Spider isn't using the hoodie, someone needs to have a hoodie. Well, you know, what well, I'm going to be using is that if, if the Scarlet Spider was an 80s comic, you know, he might have a members only jacket. I think that'd be great. <laughs> Over his red costume. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So speaking of things I like, though, Batgirl number two came out this week. Uh-huh. Now, Batgirl number one, I, 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 I believe I was, I, I think a couple of us liked it, but I, well, Wayne hated it. I loved it. Aaron, I think, was somewhere in between. 
Mm-hmm. I liked it. I liked it enough to buy issue two. I say I thought that she wasn't wasn't any kind of Barbara Gordon we'd ever seen before. I didn't like her voice as Barbara Gordon, and I thought she was just basically. It was undermining everything they had ever done to make Oracle an interesting character. So with issue two this week, you know, of course, she is not Oracle (laughs) and uh, they have not explained why she is walking in issue two. It's that red cloak lady. She made her she made her all walky. (laughs) Was she in the issue? I haven't been looking for her in DC's titles this month. I I wasn't looking. I didn't see her. It's not a cloak. It's a hoodie. She's wearing her. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) No, no, it's not. If it was, she might look cooler. (laughs) <laughs> so, Aaron, what did you think of Batgirl number two? I liked it. I'm trying to think of what else I, I might say about this other than <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, you know, Barbara's clearly working through some issues. You know, she uh, you know was traumatized at the end of issue one, and she's kind of you know coping with that. But it really gets her ass handed to her by the bad guy in this book. Um, mm-hmm. I don't understand What's- why uh, Barbara doesn't own any of her own cute clothes. You know that she had to borrow that from her from her friend, but I understand that's something women do. They share clothing. You know? uh, well, you know what's funny? The dress wasn't even that cute. Just saying. Yeah, and that's why I was I was kind of going, huh? You you kind of borrowed a frumpy dress. You know, she makes this whole yeah. thing. Uh, you know, do you think I could I could maybe borrow something a little bit cute to wear? And you know, the dress does look rather frumpy. You know, I, I didn't think, find it cute at all. It looked like something a librarian would wear. Exactly. It looked like something Barbara Gordon would already own. Yes. Yeah. But no, I I got to be honest. I'm not the hugest fan of Gail Simone's writing typically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you you do like Gail Simone, and I think Wayne does a little bit as well. But I I really dug this book. I like the voice of the character. Yeah. And again, you know, I haven't. You know, I, I loved Oracle. I loved or- Oracle as a character. I I got to be honest. As much as I loved Oracle as a character, I didn't read Birds of Prey or anything that actually focused on Oracle. Right. You know, she was always a side character, mm-hmm. a, a very cool side character. But I never, you know, I was never attached to her as Oracle, you know, emotionally or whatever. But you know, so I'm enjoying to see her as I'm enjoying seeing her as Batgirl, and I like the voice of the character. I like that, you know, even though she has been Batgirl for years, well, she was Batgirl and then not Batgirl for years. You know, it, she feels like. Like she's new to it, you know. She is new. She's I mean, still trying to get back to it. You know, that or, was one of or, my big issues, though. She should have been a veteran at this point. And yes, there should be some time of her getting back to what she was and getting used to it again. But that wasn't what that first issue felt like. Well, it didn't sound like she was trying to get back to what she was. It sounded like she's just completely ineffectual as just a bad Batgirl. Well, you know the. The character that we we were used to, Oracle, is a very mature character. I mean, you know, character who had experienced things, character who had known things. You know, character is at the top of her game. Um, the character that we're presented with now is very much somebody who has been a little seasoned, but has had such a break in her crime fighting career that she's really essentially new to this game again. Um, and, and you know, once you kind of embrace that story. You know, that you're not, you know, I, I miss Oracle, I miss the Barbara that I knew. Once you embrace that, it's a little, it, it makes it more enjoyable. And, to me, and that's, it read, that's what I had to do. To me, it read like she was trying to tell a Stephanie Brown story, but putting Barbara Gordon in her place. You know, that, that, that that's probably fair. Yeah, and I, I, I got to be honest, I do agree. And I, the voice of 
of the character very similar to Stephanie Stephanie Brown. Yeah. Now you know, Paul, what I'm really waiting for is the Batgirl Batwoman team up. You know, Bat Ladies. Yes. I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> and you know, and I read uh, Batwoman number two this week, and you know, we get to find out what that conversation was with Batman at the end that she had with Batman uh, Batwoman number one, and he mm-hmm. offers her a role in Batman Inc. Which I, thought I, was I, I guess I could see that coming. Yeah, and uh, she especially. T- she, the, the school's still out on that. She's like, I don't know about that. I don't know if uh, if I really want to be taking orders from you. And you know, uh, you know, she she said she's got enough daddy issues right now, but she was yeah. sick about it. Yeah, but, whatever. I don't know if I want to be taking orders from you. I'm just going to wear your costume and your symbol <laughs> and steal all your shit. <laughs> but I don't want to actually report to you. That's I right. just want to use your name. That's right. So anyway, I, I, Batwoman number two was great. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a real Batman book. Batman and Robin number two. But that's not our next book on the list. I don't you're not paying attention, sir. It is. It is now. That just happened. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about crappy I'm tired of hearing about crappy bat characters. Exactly. I want to hear about some Damian Wayne. Let's skip the bad Batman book and go to the best out of all the Batman books in my opinion. Oh yeah. I absolutely am loving Batman and Robin. This yeah, is, this, I got to be honest. My book of the week. I I was hesitant after issue one because issue one, I liked the first half of issue one, the second half of issue one, yeah. But issue two rocked it. Issue two was awesome. So good. Yeah, what I'm liking about it is I've always had a problem with Damien. Everyone knows I hated the Damien Wayne character. He is a messed up little kid. But what I'm liking about this book is he still gets to be the messed up little kid that you guys like. But you get to see Bruce acknowledging the fact that he's a messed up little kid that needs some work. So you get my voice and Bruce, but you get the character that you guys are loving, too. Oh, yeah. Well, not only that, it's not just the character we're loving, but Damian Wayne is like he's going down a dark path because he was he was on the way to redemption for a long time. And he was like this bratty kid. And, you know, Pete Tomasi is making the character a very darker, very dark character. Oh, I cringed at one point in this book when uh, you see just what kind of a sociopath this kid is. He uh, he grabs a bat out of the air, one of the actual animal bats flying around, because I told the story to someone the other day, and they thought I was talking about a baseball bat. So he grabs the an animal bat out of the sky and crushes it in his bare hands, killing the thing, plays with its dead head for a second, and tosses it over the edge. This is a fucked up little kid. Yeah, that was my favorite moment of the book. That was that was that. But we, I think Paul and I would agree that's way darker than he was when Dick Grayson was wearing the cowl. Yeah, I like. I don't seeing anything like that. I like that Alfred saw that happen. That you know, Alfred knows just how messed up this kid is. Yeah. Well, this is the first time we've seen Damien. I mean, Aaron saw it, but since Bruce's return, because, you know, they, everything was very slam-bam action when Damian Wayne was introduced. And this is the first time we get to see real character moments between him and Bruce. And, you know, he, he's, he's got some daddy issues. You know, he, they definitely, you know, do not mix well like he did with Dick Grayson. I do have to worry that Bruce is getting him a dog now, though, because if he does anything to this dog, I'm off the book. That's just a given. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot read Cruelty to Dogs in a title and keep reading the title. 
So if he does something to the dog, that's it. I'll drop the book and I'll hate to do it because I'm loving Batman and Robin. But that's my line. I it will disturb me enough that I won't be able to keep reading it. You know, I don't have those qualms. What? Oh, so you're just <laughs> I said I don't really have those. Qualms. You're just fine with, you know, fucking with dogs then. Is that is that is that, is that well, what you're saying, Paul? You're just fine. Go ahead and the kill the dog. My hurt the dog. I don't care about the dog. Is that what you're saying, Paul? That, that's pretty much what I said. Yeah. I, I, if, it, if it if it fits within the confines of the story and Damian Wayne happens to kill the dog out of anger or something, I'd be like, whoa, that was a really powerful scene. And Wayne would be like, yeah, I'm off the book. Well, what I, what I can say is that uh, DC-52 hasn't been too kind to uh, dogs. Just uh, throwing that out. <laughs> yeah. But this dog will be Ace. That's right. Ace the no. bat dog. Because it's the same type of dog. That's disturbing that you knew that. Um, <laughs> can somebody help me out here? Who's who's this dude at the end? I have the you same do. question. That's uh, Captain uh, Benjamin Cisco. Oh, wait. Because they have this conversation like they, know, they, they obviously know each other, and I'm like... Well, we obviously didn't see anything like that in issue one. Yeah, I mean, it makes out like we're supposed to know who this character is. Right. Bruce definitely knows who he is, but I just assumed that it was something I didn't, I had never read either. No, I'm, I'm going to be okay with it if it's something that's revealed later. But and that's, you know, because of this new Fifty Two, it's like, is this stuff that happened back before, and I'm supposed to know? I I've been reading Batman for years now, and I don't know who that character is. Oh, see, I just so assumed I be- he was a carryover, but no, I believe he is a new character that is you know is tied to Bruce Wayne's past. Okay. Is basically he he could be I, a really I, old character though, because I know you've missed some of the big Batman stories. I mean, didn't yeah. you admit the other day that you've never read uh, No Man's Land? Correct. Yeah, so you, but I, the impression I got from this char- is that this character may be trained with Bruce Wayne when he was training to be Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like uh, kind of like the Rachel Ghoul thing in Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. You know, except that this character ended up being like a you know like a killer vigilante. You know, whereas Bruce Wayne was more focused on justice. I don't. Know, I, I I I'm. I guess I could look him up on Google. And you know what? I've Someone actually tried it. I've actually tried, and the only thing I found on him, because I assumed I had missed something, too. The only thing I found was there was a henchman named Morgan in the 1966 Batman film, and I don't think this is the same one. <laughs> no. I, no. I think it's I, I, safe I, to say that. Yeah. So, unless but, it is. Yeah, if that's the only reference I can find to Batman and Morgan, then I think it's safe to say they probably did create this character new. And that and that's cool and and you know I'm 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 down with with that kind of storytelling of us not knowing and it's okay for us not to know, but like I said, because of this whole quasi reset, it's like is that something that carried over that you know he's like well you're stupid if you don't know who this guy is, so I'm glad I, I'm glad oh, I, I didn't we'll yeah I'm glad um, and one one last thing I'm I'm I thought it was a really funny like kind of it wasn't supposed to be funny but it was funny moment when uh bruce is like you know i haven't had the best the best track record of dealing with kids either (laughs) like i don't want him to i don't want to bring him into this all this violent world but i continue to do so (laughs) yeah i like that actually he's like you know i never really thought 
that you know I'd be bringing kids along the entire time, but I just keep bringing them in. Um, and I like the two-page spread that shows like the life of Damian Wayne mm-hmm. right at the beginning, including when he beats the Joker with a crowbar. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, Aaron, you did not read this book, correct? No, I did. You read I, Batman and Robin number two? I did. What did you think of it? I liked it. I, I, I liked everything you guys said. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I still have a hard time uh, with the fact that Talia couldn't have just had him normally, you know, the uh, him being hatched inside of an incubator from you know fetus to to infant uh, just seems a, a little strange to hey, me. Hey, when you have a body like that, you don't want to give up, give it up, and get stretch marks. <laughs> but you know, she would have just you know jumped in the Lazarus pit or have had you know all of her stretch marks harvested. You know, she 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 would have you know been able to to fix that up. But you know, I guess if you if you don't want to go through the pain of childbirth, you can always just you know have your grow in your removed. super super secret lab. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But uh, no, I dug this book. I you know um, it does seem to be. I think Damien's been reset a little bit though, um, which is a little surprising given the fact that he's not that old of a character. But you know all the it see. It, particularly for for the Batman and Robin title, it appears that the progress that he made over the last year or so in the pages of Teen Titans, etc., um, has been reversed. He doesn't seem as as uh, um, accessible to others as we had seen. You know, and maybe that's just because this is his first interaction with his dad. Yeah, maybe, and maybe, maybe, maybe it was maybe it was okay dealing with kids his age a little bit more, and and, and Dick Grayson, who kind of, you know, was was sort of his predecessor. Maybe that made it a little easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Dick Grayson was more like a big brother, whereas Bruce Wayne is more like a shitty father. Yeah, I mean, I mean you he, know, Alfred even goes so far as to say, "Hey, what what the hell's wrong with you?" Yeah, and he even <laughs> makes a comment in the first issue that with Dick he was his partner, with Bruce he's more a sidekick. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the different dynamic too. Well, I do really enjoy that scene between Bruce and Alfred, where you know Alfred's like, "Well, did you tell him you did a good job?" And he says, "You know, of course I did." What exactly did you say? I said his actions were commendable, and you know the words "great job" or "I'm proud of you" never crossed your mind. What's wrong with commendable? I mean, this this whole dialogue with you know Bruce explaining to him the definition of commendable cracked me up. You know, it's it's something that they kind of did with uh, the Young Justice cartoon, too. I'm loving the Batman over there. Have you guys seen the latest episode? I have not. I have not. No. Then I definitely <laughs> won't spoil it for you. But there's a similar conversation in there. So so speaking of no. sidekicks, uh, Hal Jordan Sinestro's sidekick now, isn't he? Isn't that how that works? Actually, just about. <laughs> So in the pages of Green Lantern number two, Sinestro creates a green ring for Hal Jordan under his control, though. So Hal Jordan can't really do anything that Sinestro doesn't want him to do. He's Sinestro's bitch, basically. Yep. I loved this book so much. Yeah, this This, book was real good. My complaints with the first issue, which I, I enjoyed the first issue, but it seemed to be a Hal book where we were dealing with Hal without the ring. And we didn't get to see Sinestro in action. This book fixed that. We get to see Sinestro in action. We get to see just how good this guy really is with a Green Lantern ring. 
I mean, he was one of the best, and he's now one of the best again. And seeing him yeah, deal there's... with with Hal, I am loving their interactions and how Hal is just freaking out out of control and doesn't seem to ever get a clue. Yeah, what I like is um, – so there's this scene in the book. The big scene of the book is that Hal Jordan has this Green Lantern ring created for him by Sinestro, and the, a bridge starts collapsing. And so what Hal does is he swoops in and he starts saving one person at a time. You know, he picks up this woman and he's like, I'm Green Lantern. And basically Sinestro says, seriously, you're doing it all wrong. And without even breaking a sweat, Sinestro saves everyone who's falling from the bridge and repairs the bridge all in one fell swoop, all in less time than it took Hal Jordan to save one person. And it's just like, this is how it's done, you know? It's very much – because I – you know, they, they've kind of always said that Sinestro taught Hal Jordan how to be a Green Lantern. You know, they had this friendship and things like that. And uh, But I never read any of those tales. So it, it's kind of nice that they're doing this kind of again, you know, with they, this Sinestro's basically taking Hal Jordan under his wing again. Yeah, and, and it, he, it's, it's really schooled him and he schooled him on those scenes. And he, and he has the ability that every time Hal's doing something that he doesn't like, he just turns his ring off. Mm-hmm. So Hal tries to save one person. He turns Hal's ring off and shows him, nope, here's how you do it. But you don't do it till I tell you to do it. No, you know, it was, I, I got Green Lantern number two was great. Not only that, for those of you who, you know, one of the things we talked about was, you know, Aaron said, I'm out of the Green Lantern books. I'm tired of them p- tying together and blah, 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 which valid concern. But one thing that I'm, I'm noticing about this book is that it's it seems like it's trying to be on its own right now. You know, this doesn't seem like it's going to tie into Green Lantern Corps or Green Lantern Emerald Warrior or New War New Guardians, whatever the hell it is, or Red Lanterns. Um, you know, this seems like its own tale, and so I'm enjoying it for that. It is a good Green Lantern book. Yeah, and I and like I said, I was afraid that they weren't going to keep Sinestro as a Green Lantern for very long, and they probably still won't. But I am enjoying him as a Green Lantern. I would love to see him go as a darker hero for a while. Yeah. I mean, his, and, you know, the, go ahead. His mission at this point is to save his own planet from his old core. The Yellow Lanterns have taken over his home world, and he's coming back as basically the savior to liberate it. That's a story I'm looking forward to reading because it's why he's being a little more heroic than usual again. And we'll get to see him just kill Yellow Lanterns left and right. Yeah, it's 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 kind of funny because Jeff Johns is one of the people who, you know, he he made Sinestro this evil evil character during the Sinestro Corps War, and now he's turning them in, into this dark hero and just a really interesting take on the character. Beautiful art as usual from Doug Mankey. Just I really enjoyed the book. I'm on. Yeah, Aaron and Tim, you guys are missing out. Out of all of the Green Lantern books that have come out, this one is my favorite, and that's hard to say since I'm such a big Kyle fan, and I really enjoyed new guardians but green lantern is good stuff i'll get it in trade now one book that i might pick up in trade but speaking of gorgeous books uh the shade number one came out this week with writing by james robinson and art by cully hamner who i'm a big fan of yeah holy hell um, now, this book was great really yeah uh it's issue one of 12 so it's a maxi series um, you know, picking up with uh, James Robinson's uh, Shade character that he had really uh, kind of put his stamp on 
back in his Starman days uh, when he was writing the Jack Knight Starman books. Uh, book is fantastic, and Cully Hamner's uh, art on this book is just gorgeous. I just I love this book from beginning to end, and uh, I won't ruin anything for anybody, but it, it has a uh, an ending that you don't see coming. Uh, it had there will be a lot of pieces to pick up in issue two. Uh, uh, mm. Really thoroughly dug this book, and you know features uh, appearance from the New Fifty Two's. Uh, Deathstroke. Interesting. So, Which I actually read Deathstroke number two this week, and uh, it was okay. Um, I I didn't enjoy it as much as the first issue. Yeah. Well, this book was great, and you know one of the things that I, that I find that, that you know as I'm reading through these new fifty two books, when I find that storylines that I enjoyed from the past are in continuity, it makes me happy. So you know clearly the uh, Jack Knight Starman books are all still part of continuity. And I, I was excited to see that. And the book really intrigues me because it's got this rotating artist team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're going to have Darwin Cook and Gene Ha and Fraser yeah. Irving and Jill Thompson. I mean, some great names. Yeah. No, it, that and, Tim doesn't know. And and I, you know, Cully Hamner was just on fire with this book. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of the pages reminded me of what he did on the question. You know, uh, when oh, he was really? doing that Renee Montoya, uh, that I, and I just really enjoyed those pages, and just a very nice feel to the book. So, and you know, so. l- lots of uh, of uh, naked shade, and uh, you know, his uh, naked girlfriend Hope O'Dare. So. <laughs> good to know. Yeah, good to know. Now, if you don't want a book that's going to make you feel good, pick up Suicide Squad number two. This is not the feel-good book of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, Wayne, you guys read it. Uh, Tim, what did you think of this book? Uh, I thought it was fun. <laughs> this is just a fun <laughs> book. Uh, these characters, you know, these people are thrown together in this team, and, and you can sort of tell. Um, I, I like the whole zombies in the Astrodome or wherever they are. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, this basically features the Suicide Squad going into, um, you know, a, a zombie-infested Astrodome type place, and their assignment is to kill everyone, basically. Yeah, and, that's uh, one thing that I'm noticing. This is a much more vicious version of Suicide Squad than I've seen before. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta be honest. I really enjoyed the book. I mean, when I say you know you're not gonna feel good, it's a fun book, but it's very dark. You know, I mean, they they don't hesitate to kill people. They don't hesitate to, you know, show the violence, as it were, because no. there's plenty of, of of slashing and biting heads off and tearing it, babies out of wombs. I wasn't sure how I was going to like Harley in this book because I didn't like the new costume at first. The new costume has grown on me quite a bit, and I love her interaction with one of the other characters in this book. That uh, she talk, she points out that she used to be a psychiatrist. She's not dumb like people say. And the guy's just like, then stop playing the fool. And then she just laughs at him and starts hitting stuff with her hammer. You know, the the one the one small complaint I have, Paul, is mm-hmm. is this dude named El Diablo is the biggest pussy ever. Oh my god, isn't he? I'm like, you know, it, it's it's way over the top, way over the top. He's like, stop hitting people. Don't do that. They're okay. Why is your name yeah. El Diablo? It should be the the wimp. 
<laughs> now, I will say uh, 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 one of the Suicide Squad has died in each issue so far because a character died in issue one and another one has died here in issue two. And, of course, at, and it says next issue, another team casualty. So I'm hoping it's El Diablo. <laughs> I mean, because you know they're not going to kill Deadshot or King Shark or Harley Quinn because those See, are kind of like the three big names. Yeah, I don't care for King Shark in this book. He's annoying <laughs> to me. But I'm liking all the other characters except for El Diablo. My hope is that he is the dead one, too, because it he just he's freaking annoying. Oh, man, he had the best action scene, though. I think he's supposed to be like the team conscience or something, but he's just a just plain annoying. Yeah, he's out of place. On this team. No, no, no. El, El Diablo is supposed to be. Yeah. King Shark. <laughs> Yeah, it's so I say that's why I'm hoping El Diablo dies. He's I think he's supposed to be the team conscience, but he's out of place. King Shark's just obnoxious. It's not that it's out of place, it's 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 over the top. Like had we had yeah. one scene where he, he did something like that, I would I would be like, Okay, that's what they're trying to do. But I, I swear to god it was like three different times he did that. Yeah. And, like, it, and one time he like like started brawling with Deadshot or whatever. I'm not sure why, why why he didn't just shoot his ass. Yeah, and it's not like we're saying three different times over multiple issues. No, one he issue. did it like three times in one issue. I mean, yeah. it's too much. He needs to die next issue. Well, and you know what? I mean, given the way uh, the characters are biting it, I, I, I think out of the characters left, he seems like the most obvious one to bite it next issue. But you know, they may surprise me. But I am enjoying the book. It's written by this guy named Adam Glass, and I got to be honest, no clue who Adam Glass was until I was watching Supernatural a couple weeks ago. And Adam Glass is one of the staff writers on the TV show Supernatural, which I guess kind of makes sense as to why there are zombies in a superhero book. You know, but there's I'm still a character. There's still a character in here that I don't know who he is. It's uh, when they go through that first page. He's describing them all, and the one that he describes as hero, I'm not sure who he is. If he was new created for this book, you know, or if he was a previously existing character, he's got the basically the stealth black purplish costume with the metal mask, and he's holding yeah. uh, you know, blades in his hand and things like that. Yeah, well, his name is Black Spider, yeah, but I don't know if he's new or not. He's not a character I'm familiar with. He could very well be the next death, and that's what I'm afraid of because they haven't uh, they haven't done anything with him at all. So he would be an easy kill, and then we'd be stuck with El Diablo. Ugh. Oh God! But Harley Harley is definitely awesome in this book, and you know what? <laughs> the the costume I never had to grow on me because the costume was awesome from the very beginning. <laughs> but the art on this book is it it took me a while to get used to, but it, it works for the feel of the book. And you know it has a lot, but sometimes I'm I'm reading the book. I'm like, I don't understand how Harley isn't all out of her top. <laughs> it like covers the bottom third of her boob, so it's a good book. It's the magic of comic books. Between panels, she's you know dropping the hammer and pulling him up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why does that have to be between panels? But fun book, if you're into the dark humor type stuff, definitely not the feel you're going to get from some of the other DC New 52 books. But, you know, because these are not heroes. They most definitely are not. So, But enjoyable. I really liked it. So next week, 
Are you we guys? Had su- we had such good transitions earlier. It was like we're out. Yeah, <laughs> done. Well, you, you know the problem is there's nothing else on the list. If it's Paul so would have, if Paul would have put ending banter, we had to transition into some sort of ending banter. Oh, but that, no, it's on, it's the list Paul. ends. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Paul. That's right. Sorry, all Jeez. Paul's fault. <laughs> so you got? Are, is anybody? Is everyone buying Justice League number two next week? Yes. I didn't yes. see it in the list. Yeah, Justice League number two comes out next week. Uh, I'm gonna buy the the digital combo. So I'm, I'm very happy that DC announced this week they're doing digital combos on Action Comics and Batman. Yeah, the too. digital combo. You're having a number seven. Yeah, I'm having a number seven. <laughs> with a long diet coke. <laughs> See, I yeah, still have, I still hate reading this stuff online. I uh, I have enjoyed that they've done it because a couple of the books the first month I wasn't able to get until the reprints this month. So I was able to read them and talk about them. But if I'm given the choice, I'm going to pick the physical every time, and I'm oh. not going to pay extra to get a digital too. Right. Paul, oh, for I'll a make, buck, I'll make you a deal, Paul. Yes, I'll get Justice League two if you get Red Hood two with me. Oh, all right, deal. All I'll right. do the deal. Oh, done. Oh. done. Satan is what you have to deal with. <laughs> Mephisto. All of a sudden, <laughs> I'm going to walk out of this. I'm going to end this podcast. Walk out of the office, and you won't be married and, anymore. And I won't be married. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, that's the no, worst so, idea. <laughs> Tim would not take away your chicken. No. <laughs> that's just true. Don't take my chicken from me. Delicious chicken. So Justice League number two, Wonder Woman number two is next week as well. That's nice. I think Wonder Woman hit my cut list. I didn't – it wasn't that I hated it or anything. It's just that there are too many freaking good books, and I've got to draw that line somewhere. So the ones that I liked but didn't absolutely love, I think a lot of those are going to get cut. Well, see, but here's what I'm doing every week. So I, I look – so I, I've decided I'm going to try to do like – Speed. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, besides speed. Okay. And so, so, but so I, I'm like I'm going to spend – my goal is 30 bucks a week on comics. No more than 30 bucks a week, right? So this week I said, all right, to make 30 bucks a week, to make less than 30 bucks a week next month, I have to drop three titles. And so I Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, Deathstroke, and the new Ghostbusters book from IDW, I will not be pick I will not continue picking up. So next week I have to drop like another three or four. And so I'm kind of looking at my list. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure Blue Beetle and Catwoman, I'm gonna stop with number two. Oh, I am all on board for Catwoman. You're all, all Just over like Batman. He's yeah, you all on board. On board <laughs> all aboard, Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> that first issue was so good. It was one of my guaranteed to get a second issue. Wayne, but you know pretty, what? It's, it's a well-known fact that you your your house is a is a den of cats. So you just you just like the. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Really, I think the book that Aaron and, and I are most looking forward to next week, sure to be our book of the week. Is fear itself number seven? Oh. I, you know, I look forward to it being the last book in the series. That's what I look forward to. Yes. Um, but are you picking up Avengers number eighteen? I am. It's not by John Romita Jr. Just saying. I know. I don't know. Is the long national public nightmare over? Is Matt Fraction finally off Thor? No. Okay. Then. <laughs> Damn. No, in fact, I don't. Thor's not even in Thor next issue for some reason. So we'll see. He's tired. He's because he's tired of it too. Yeah. Well, I'm tired I of take Thor. My hammer, and I'm going home. I'm more yeah. curious if 
if either of you are going to give in and buy Fear Itself Fearless, number one. No, I will not be doing that. Why would you I can 100% guarantee that shit. No matter how good the reviews are, I will not pick it up. That is correct. Unless your guy puts it in your comic book box and you're guilted. And, you and then it elbows you right in the neck. Yeah. yeah. Well, he didn't put Superboy in my box this week, so if he puts an extra book in my poll next week, I, I will have some words. You're going to spine up? Spine up? You're going to grow up here? Is that what you're saying? I am. You're going to be well, a man for once I... in your freaking are you life? Gonna, uh, yeah, are you going to finally go, no, woman, you're taking the boy to soccer. I've got a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Uh. Ooh, it, it'll be weeks before he hears that anyway. <laughs> He'll be back on by the time he hears it. <laughs> <sighs> Goodness. Well, and if he's, no. if he's not, we'll remind him of it. If you're listening to this episode of Funny Books, then uh, episode three of Star Trek Aegean has dropped. And this coming weekend-ish, episode 10, or issue 10, of Knights of Rainsboro. Woo! See how I dropped Ish in there for you, Tim? Yeah. Very I, exciting. I, I appreciate that. Anytime. I appreciate that. This is the one where the coyote gets back to his roots. Is it? Ooh, and Hair Trigger wakes up. Yes. Well, roots is a relative term, Aaron. It was a, <laughs> words. Yeah, true, true. Well. Yeah, and where Hair Trigger finally makes another appearance. <laughs> After her spectacular spectacular performance in the last issue could be her last appearance <laughs> she drools like no one else it's true it's true all right guys well have a good one and we'll chat with you next week adios bye everybody podcast theme music graciously provided by mark andrew pope for more information visit markandrewpope.com funny books with aaron and polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com no spider-man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast Like anyone would believe that I'm cool.